So you know what I've been thinking about lately? What? You know, you like ASMR, right? Yeah. We put so much trust into them because they'll just be like, or like I'll fall asleep to it. And then you never know. They could just like whip out a saxophone and be like. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say they could be like whispering like. They could, yeah. Things to you while you're asleep that are like brainwashing you or something. Well, it could be that or they could be like confessing a murder and be like, ooh, tingly. (laughs) (laughs) You you never know. That's what I was thinking about the other day. I was like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I fall asleep to ASMR because it helps me fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And I was, they could literally just, like, whip out a tuba. They could. They could. It, like, and yet they don't. And they don't. So thank you. Don't get any ideas. Thank you. Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to episode 14. Yay! Of the Insomnia Report. <laughs> I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. And we're the two roommates and friends from Chicago that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. <laughs> we did it. Yay. <laughs> yay! That was like a very smooth, that was, I think, the best that's ever gone. So, yay! Way to go. Uh, and I forgot what I was going to say after that. <laughs> this is your first time listening. Welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back. We are excited to have you for our fourth round mm-hmm. of yep. things we wish we learned in school. Mm-hmm. Now, this category can be anything from, you know. It could be anything. Really anything. <laughs> because this is the lots we didn't learn. <laughs> or it could be, you know, something that we learned a million years ago yeah. and thought was interesting and mm-hmm. So I will light the candle. Um, for those of you who had listened to episode 13, we have a bet going on as to how long our candle will last. It's it's down to the wire here, down to the wick, if you will. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My guess was it would last until episode 15 and you guessed 17. Mine was 17, yeah. yeah. So oh. we're on episode 14 now. So, so we'll see. But we'll we have see. a pint of Ben and Jerry's on the line. It's getting real. It's getting, it's getting real. <laughs> we may not be friends after this. Who knows? Oh, gosh. Okay. No, I cheer my ice cream. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yay. Me too. Oh. <sighs> so what's kept you up at night? Whoa, normally you go first. Okay. Do, do I always go first? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. Well, today we're switching it up. Nice flame. That was a good one. Wow, things are going well today. It's a little suspicious. Oh, (laughs) famous last words. Let it be known. Candles lit. Candles lit. Okay. (laughs) What has kept me up? Um, Hmm. I mean, I say this every week, but work has been very busy. I started playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild again, which is Mm. a really, really fun game, and I got my boyfriend hooked on it. He had never played any Zelda game before. And he bought a Switch like a year ago, and he only has two games on it. And he's like, what game should I buy? And I'm like, well, since you asked. <laughs> and then it's interesting because it's his first time playing. And so I was like, oh, like, let me play too. And he's like, oh, like, I finally did this. And it's like, I am like seven <laughs> times further than him. I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> What's the objective of the game? So... um. There was the rise of Calamity Ganon, and he was trying to take over Hyrule, and Link is Zelda's appointed knight, and there's the four champions aside from him, and um, when they were battling Calamity Ganon, they actually fell, and they were using these um, ancient, like, technology to help fight with it, but Calamity, Calamity, (laughs) Calamity Ganon. Um, found a way to take over the technology, so it, like, kind of backfired and, like, everyone Mm. died, except Link was, like, on his last little verge of life, so he was put into the Shrine of Resurrection, and he woke up a hundred years later. So... That's intense. Zelda is currently in another world fighting off Calamity Ganon, 
and Link's job is a hundred years later he has amnesia like you have to try to get his memory back and then you also have to try to free the they call it the divine beast uh-huh. so the technology that turned on like the champions mm. it's a it's the first open world concept game of the legend oh, of zelda that's cool. and it is so good it is just it's such a good game because it's it breaks the mold of so many other Zelda. Anyway, like my <laughs> my first crush was Link from The Legend of Zelda. Aww. So <laughs> just, um, I get to hang out with him all the time. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what has kept you up? I don't know. I've been rewatching Supernatural. Okay, and, and I'm almost done with season one. So is that like? I've never seen it. All right. Well, then I'll geek out a little Yay, bit too. Yeah, look at this. All right. It, it kind of ties in with our podcast a little bit. It's these two brothers, Sam and Dean, who, Sam Dean. who are very hot. Um, of course. I got to meet one of them. Are in they British? 2015. No. I imagine them being British. Um, no, they're not. They're from Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, not British. Okay. <laughs> they're not British. No, but they they hunt like supernatural creatures. Oh. Um, and. Yeah, it's like the first season is, it's just like, because it's 15 seasons long. It huh. just ended this year, and it started in like 2006 or something. Oh my god. And um, it's just so funny because they're so young in the first season, and the writing is like so bad. I mean, not to say that the show is like good. Is it like corny? It's it's good, but also corny, but it's like self-aware. Like they know that they can be corny, <laughs> and sometimes they make fun of themselves, which is really it kind like, of like one of those teen, like drama, like mm, like a Teen Wolf or like a dramatic it's type? It's not as bad as Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's it's a lot better than Teen Wolf. I've actually. never seen Teen Wolf, so I can't. I have, that. and it's, mm, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I don't recommend. But um, <laughs> all right, yeah. Well. But season one is actually scary, whereas the other ones are like kind of scary, but they're like more plot focused and like gotcha. character focused but this one there's like ghosts and shit and like <laughs> demons that they have to kill and there's a lot of lore and it's very fun cool so, i think my yes. memoir would be called ghost and shit <laughs> <laughs> yes good title perfect well we are nerds that's it <laughs> that's the podcast uh, yeah okay so i guess so, i will i go, go first on these days learn me something Yes. <laughs> so I don't know how else to start these except for like word association. Okay. Or, so let's do it. When I say evil queen, what do you think of? Sorry, I don't know Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think of like the queen of hearts. Okay. I don't know if that's close. No, me. I mean, now while this is not, you know, a Disney evil, I mean, that's kind of what I think of when I think of evil queen too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not the evil. The evil queen where some woman wants to murder a 14-year-old because she's prettier than her. Like, it's not that petty, but That's pretty petty. this is a pretty wild ride. Uh, today, I want to share with you the story of Madagascar's queen, and her name is Queen Ranavalana. Oh, wow. I've never... I have no idea who this is. I have no idea how I never heard about this woman. Really? I... This... I I did my best with this. There was a lot of information, and I just kind of wanted to cut it down, mm-hmm. um, especially because I'd never heard of her. Some A lot of these things we've heard of before, so we have a background, or there's, like, more on it. So a lot of these articles I found, like, I don't know how, like, credible they were, because mm-hmm. a lot of them would say, like, different dates or, like, the timelines were weird. So anyway, so the queen, Rana Valona was had a small disney moment because she was actually born of poverty and her name was actually ramabo she was born in 1778 long time ago long time ago uh a year after wait no two years after america was born um through oh you're right for some reason i thought (laughs) for a second i was like wait weren't wasn't the um wasn't it 1775 I was like, no, no 1776. How do we know? There's yeah. a Hamilton song about it. I know. 17. <laughs> anyway, so she was born in 1778. Mm. Her father, who was a commoner, heard a rumor that there was a plot to kill the current king, and his name was 
Andri Nam Pioni Marina. That was like his full, it was his, that okay. was his name. Okay. Um, anyway, he heard a rumor that the king was going to be assassinated. Uh-huh. So being a good citizen of Madagascar, he warned the king about it. And the, the plot was foiled and the day was saved and the king was not killed. So as a way to say thank you, as anyone would do, the king adopted the daughter. So Ramabo. And he said, okay, now that you're my adopted daughter, you can actually marry my son, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, who eventually became king, and she was the first of 12 wives. So, eventually, 18 years later, so fast forward, uh, her husband, the king, died of syphilis. However, it was also thought that Renavola was slowly poisoning the king. Ooh. So that's kind okay. of where her, all right, you know, her intentions lie. Yeah. She did not really have the best relationship with her husband. I don't know if it was because she had a hun- like 11 other <laughs> wives, s- taking wives <laughs> or um, I did read in one article that monarchy, like it's very, I don't understand how it works, but essentially I think. He was concerned about, like, power or basically monarchs could kill whoever they wanted at the time, you know? So Mm -hmm. he would kind of do whatever it needed to be done to push his objective. Mm -hmm. And that included even killing people of her own family or, like, people from her original village. So I think that was also a little little better. So, um, and I would be too, but... (laughs) Me too. um, Because... Of this, I they didn't really have, you know, great relationship, and they never had any kids together. Mm. But because of monarchy and how that works, because she was the first wife, her child would have to be the first heir. Mm-hmm. Like, none of the other 11 wives, like, their children, I guess, didn't count. Okay. Or if they didn't have children, they didn't really talk about the other wives. But All I right. just know she was one of 12. And they didn't have any children together. And when the king died due to, again, monarchy, (laughs) the king's nephew would become the next heir. Mm. So she didn't want this to happen. She did not want to give up the throne. She's like, I like it here. I like where I am. I'm the queen. It's going to, we're going to keep it this way. So, oh, another thing to note is, again, I'm going to say this a lot. I don't understand how the monarchy system or like it has to be the man or whatever. So Mm -hmm. because she was the first wife, even if the king died and she had a son like later on, that son would be the heir. Oh, okay. So she could have like a kid like 10 years from now and that kid would be the heir. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Who makes this stuff up? (laughs) I think they make it up as they go. Honestly, I think so too. And they're like, I don't know. Like basically... I mean, it it kind of started from like, oh, you like saved my life. Let me adopt your daughter. Like, what kind of a yeah. trait? I don't, I yeah. don't know. Unless it was like, oh, she'll have a better life. But who knows? I, I don't know how things work. Um, <laughs> so basically, because of this, it was thought that the nephew would then want to murder Ranavola Ona. Oh yeah. So she was like, wait, because. I could potentially have a child that will be king, and he wants to be king. He's going to murder me. So it was like one of those, like, well, I heard that you are mad at me, or, you know, one of those things where it's like, maybe it wasn't true, maybe it was, but she was like, I guess, paranoid, and she's like, oh, well, he's going to try to murder me, so I'm going to murder him. And... uh, (laughs) You gotta get there first. Right, exactly. So, um... (laughs) This just feels like a, a game of monarchy monopoly. It's just like it's it ruins families. Game of Thrones. <laughs> like I've I never seen like... it, but maybe. Oh yeah, okay. Eh. Watch it. Yeah, it's on the list. Oh, yeah, we we have to prioritize. This I know list. we do. Like I said, she thought that the nephew would eventually want to murder her, so she grabbed some military men and some wealthy, influential people, and she was very like well liked in her kingdom, and she took over the palace and basically was saying having her military men say recognize the queen or suffer the consequences so basically it's like she's the queen deal with it like you can't do anything about it or we will murder you 
So oh. this is basically where her rampage started. Like, I mean, yeah, she mur- probably murdered her husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, But she then started killing everyone in the royal family. Oh, um, okay. Even though, like... It it doesn't make sense because there are like more legitimate ties to the bloodline. Like she was brought mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. you know. So, but she was like, "Nope, I got here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she basically put everyone to death that was considered a rival or who had like a different political view of herself, including her nephew and his family. So she was coronated on June 12th of 1819, and at her ceremony to kind of like just, I mean, this is kind of a a statement piece. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's even the right word for it. Let me know if you think of something. But at the coronation, she covered her naked body in the blood of a freshly killed bull. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess at least it wasn't the blood of a person. (laughs) Right. Um, Um, Not sure how I feel about uh, that red carpet mm, look, but... Me neither. um, Not to my taste. Not really. We're going to pass. We're stressed. And from that day on, she ruled for 33 years. Now, the son, the nephew, was speared to death, and his mother was locked away and starved to death. Her reason for this was she didn't want to shed any blood of women. I don't know if it was like an old tradition or she's just like women shouldn't suffer, but they ended up suffering longer because she couldn't like kill them quickly. Right. So overall, bad, (laughs) like just horrible altogether. Yeah. Um, So I would argue that that's worse. Yes, I would agree with that. Now, during her reign... She wanted to distance Madagascar from European connections because she thought that they would, you know, be able to thrive on their own and and they were totally capable. Whatever her reason, she removed trade treaties with France and England. Mm-hmm. And France was particularly very offended by this. And the French Navy came to attack oh, uh, to remove her from ruling. However, that didn't work. Because they all caught malaria and they were too weak to fight. <laughs> so she killed, I think, 21 men and put their heads on stakes oh. to warn anyone not to mess with her. Oh, my God. So, really? like <laughs> That's brutal, man. It, it, incredibly cow. brutal. Um, another thing is there were some Christian missionaries and they were there to educate or to kind of like build up things and she tolerated them quote-unquote tolerated because she you know thought that they were helping the village and Mm -hmm. and the kingdom and everything but eventually she i don't know if she got bored with it or she was just like you know what no like originally it was just i went with my gut and i didn't want it so i'm gonna ban it so she banned it in 1835 Hmm. (laughs) um so because of this, a lot of them fleed, but then some of them wanted to stay because they're like, no, this is my mission. Like, I, I believe some of them wanted to stay. And <laughs> God it's, will save. God will uh. save me. Mm-hmm. Well, the ones that stayed became martyrs. Okay. And she would torture and execute them. Oh. And she was very taken by medieval torture. Oh, boy. So... Just trigger warning. I mean, this whole thing's kind of a trigger warning. But Did she used the wheel. She well, maybe. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, she. This included one thing that she really liked to do was she would suspend someone from a cliff, like tie them up, like not hang them, but like hang them, like mm-hmm. not in a traditional sense. But she would suspend them from a cliff and cut the rope, and like they would plunge to their death. But they would, she would leave them suspended for hours or unless, like, the rope broke on its own. Oh, my God. But she <laughs> – yeah. That's horrible. Um, she would boil people. <gasps> no. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, my God. She would bury people alive. Oh, no. Like, either, oh my either God. by just, like, throwing them in coffins or making them get into a hole and then – That's, like, my worst fear. Right. Horrible. Oh, my God. <sighs> she – um would tie people down and set them on fire. Uh, she, and to make things worse, she would make the families of the victims watch. Oh, 
That's horrible. <laughs> Positively horrendous. Oh, jeez. It's basically like a horror movie. Yeah. Reign of Terror. So, in... Uh, kind of jump in the timeline. In 1931, there was this man named Jean Labonnet. I, I think I'm saying that right. Okay. But basically, his ship was shipwrecked, and he swam to shore, and he was very successful businessman who was very knowledgeable about you know how to make cannons and how to make muskets and gunpowder and like he was a very like keen military man so rana vanola provided him with labor and materials to establish you know kind of like a a factory wait sorry when was this again in 1831 okay um she banned christianity in 1835 so okay like in the timeline. So she basically was like, help me produce materials for an army. And she, that like helped further cut ties because she ended the kingdom's dependence of Europe for mm. modern weapons. Like, so mm -hmm. she was like able to kind of do this on her own. Mm. She would also enforce a rule called Thanapanana, which was basically forced labor. And anyone who could not pay taxes had to be in this. So they would make houses, they would build roads, they would do basically anything for f no money, and basically all of them would, like, starve to death or work till they die. Oh, um, She also had continued to, she also wanted to kind of, like, eventually take over the island or other, like, colonies or, or things in the surrounding areas. And she allowed her military men to basically do whatever it took. So they basically had, like, you know, free roam. It was big. She, they pretty much had the reign to kill, murder, or rape as they pleased. So they just kind of went on a rampage. Uh. It was estimated that between 1816 and 1853... 60,000 people were killed from this. 60,000 60, people? 60,000. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Um, eventually, as she got older, she started to kind of, like, you thought she was losing her mind initially. She, like, I guess, like, as she got older, it got worse. Oh. Good. Something she would do is, to prove her loyalty, she would make the person in question swallow three entire raw chicken skins. And okay. three of them. So, like, disgusting. How did she think of that? <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> I, man, I don't know. So she would make them eat entire raw chicken skins. Three of them. Uh-huh. And if they threw... If they didn't throw all three of them up, then that meant that they were, like, guilty. But if they, if they threw up three at a time, then it was... She was like, oh, okay, I can trust you. That's really bizarre. I don't understand. <laughs> like, we're going back to Salem at no this sense. point. I don't know. But she's like, okay, eat three of them. And then, like, if they threw up one, nope, treason or whatever. Like, can't do it. Ew. They threw up two, can't do it if it was three. Oh, okay. I, I guess right. I can trust you. That's so strange. And, like, that never happened. Right. So, um, so that was another way she would, like, kill people, which made absolutely no sense. <laughs> and then... In, 1945. Ooh. <laughs> she lived a very long time. In 1845, she decided she wanted to do a buffalo hunt. So she decided that her royal court would go hunt buffalo and they would be able to take all the slaves that she wanted. And all the while, the slaves would be working on a road to make the, you know, track better. So this was completely mm. like impromptu. No plan attached, nothing, like, at all. And she basically, during an entire four-month period, 50,000 people went to help build the road and to go hunt buffalo and go on this, like, excursion, and 10,000 people died. 10,000 people died? In four months. Oh, my God. You, you know what didn't die? Buffalo. No buffalo were killed. <laughs> You gotta. You, who who would hunt a buffalo in times like these? That's too they have buffalo <laughs> in so Madagascar. Weird. Like I guess maybe like water buffalo. Maybe I have but, I have no idea. But like, who wakes up one day and it's like mm, my court will go hunt buffalo? Like, but, um, but 
she had the urge. Buffalo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird. So, a crazy woman. I don't know. But <laughs> eventually she did have a son, and I believe it was with Jean, the guy that was shipwrecked because they were lovers. Oh, and his scandalous. name his name was Rakoto, and he was very popular among, like, the army and the people, kind of like, you know, how the mother was initially. Uh-huh. Um, but he was actually very popular because he's like, this This has to stop. So him and his friends, um, his European friends, plotted to kill her, uh, but they failed. But she, like, didn't spite him for it. And eventually she died of natural causes in 1861. And then Rakoto became king, and he basically reversed anything, like, any cruel laws that his mother enforced. And it is said that in her reign of 33 years, the population of Madagascar was cut in half. Oh, my God. It went from 5 million to 2.5 million. Oh, my God. I had literally never heard of this before. That's so... I don't even know what to it's say. It's disturbing. Yeah. I wonder if she, like, didn't care that her son tried to kill her because she, like, understood why he did it. Maybe. She's like, know. all right. Because, like, she did that to all her family, you know? I, maybe. I don't know. I, like, maybe she was proud of him. I don't know. I'm speculating. I she, you think she was like, you tried to kill me. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> he runs in the family. I don't know. I but don't know. that is the story Whoa. of the Mad Queen of Madagascar. Oh, my gosh. A, a short but a wild ride. Um, again, like, I want to thank the inc- infographic show on YouTube for the inspo. They oh. had a really good video on it. Um, I I read, like, seven different articles, but yeah, they weren't, like, like, I didn't find it on history or, like, time. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, the ones that I tend to lean to. So, wow. again, like, there's a lot of info there. I just kind of... Did the abrid like the Sparknote version? So feel free to look it up more. Um, there were, you know, a couple of other like monarchs throughout the years, and then I think there was a the last queen of Madagascar was Queen uh, Ranavalona the third. So she mm. was the first. Okay. Wow, people took her name. Or yeah. maybe they were named. I don't know how that works. I don't again monarchy. monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but oh. um anyway, hope you and it pretty depressing. Yeah. Really gruesome. I learned something though that I didn't know. Yeah. So that would make a good Netflix show too. <sighs> Not yeah. to demean what happened. Right. Yeah. But you know, they have like it's Vikings just so inter- and stuff. I mean it fits in that category yeah. of like betrayal and Yeah. It's kind of, it's Game of Thronesy. It, it's very Game of Thronesy. I was thinking of Daenerys Targaryen when you were talking about all that. Don't know who that is. I've only seen uh, one episode of Game of Thrones and some lady was on a dragon. I don't that's know. That's her. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. there you have it. Cool. So, do you want to tell me something? Yeah. So, this also, like, this is not as technical as it could be, but... I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Here we go. So, on the southwestern end of a tropical island. Madagascar. <laughs> no, but <laughs> also an island. Yes. <laughs> um, the southwestern end of a tropical island in the northern Caribbean. You can see beautiful sunsets on the beach. You can go bowling. You can... With coconuts? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Why not? Okay. You can go to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal. Where are we going with this? I thought I was on a beach vacation. <laughs> well, I guess that's very beach vacationy. You know, you go to McDonald's and then you eat it on the beach. I sure. don't know. I've never done that, but it sounds kind of nice. I get like the $1 sodas Yeah. all the time or the unsweet teas. Yeah. Yeah. And not too far from there, you can also find one of the most notorious detention centers on Earth. All right, here here it is. So in 1903, U.S. and Cuba somehow come to some sort of deal to lease land to the U.S. for a naval base. Okay. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't look into that too much. It seems very complicated, but that's what happened. And then fast forward a hundred years. 
and 9-11 happened and the war on terror started and then the Bush administration was like, okay, we need to build like a prison somewhere okay, to interrogate, prosecute, war criminals. Um, so they tasked this dude named Major General Michael Leonard. Major General Michael Leonard. Yeah, to build a prison there. Uh, and he did, and he ran it for the first 90 days. Basically, there were, like, there was, like, in Afghanistan, too many detainees that they had, and, um, like, winter was coming, they needed somewhere to put them. That's a Game of Thrones line. <laughs> winter is coming. It's, yeah, it's true. And See, I, I don't need to watch the show, because I know Right, you know the now. whole plot. That's, that's it. <laughs> Just like how I don't need to watch Star Wars, because I know he's no, the No, that's father. wrong. You need to watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> So um, they needed some place to put these people, and Major General Michael Leonard. <laughs> just <laughs> to me, it sounds like John Jacob Jingleheimer. It's just <laughs> well, I mean, his title is Major General, but his name is Michael Leonard. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was supposed to like build this prison, and he was only supposed to be there for sixty days. But then I bet he's not there. For they just brought pe- people, and they kept bringing them, and then finally he realized. This wasn't going to be closed anytime soon. Um, and the location of this prison is in Guantanamo Bay. Okay. So. Um, yes. Okay. Um, okay. So when they were trying to figure all this out, um, the Bush... Bush's advisors in various departments basically told him that if they brought people to Guantanamo Bay, it could be considered outside of U.S. legal jurisdiction. So, like, they wouldn't have the same uh, protections as they would if they were on U.S. soil. I don't like where this is going. Uh, yeah. And so then um, the first detainees were brought there in January of 2002. And the Bush administration was basically like, okay, these people are in Cuba and it's not the U.S. Like, it's definitely Cuba. So they don't have to be protected by the Geneva Conventions, which are international laws on humanitarian treatment during wartime. Um, and yeah, so that's where it all started. And it's still open today, despite... The fact that Obama really, really wanted to close it, otherwise known as Gitmo. So I also call it Gitmo because it's shorter. Okay, so when the first war prisoners were brought to Guantanamo, they were brought to like a part of the um, facility called Camp X-Ray, where they were in these outdoor cells with concrete floors, and they were totally like... It was, like, total sensory deprivation. They wore, like, masks and goggles and mittens and stuff. And it's, like, 100 degrees or whatever. And they're, like, shackled in these positions where they, like, couldn't... Like, they're, like, kneeling on the floor and stuff. And somewhere as young as 13. Ah. um, Others were quite a bit older. And they're from almost 50 different countries over the course of Guantanamo's existence. And... These prisoners were said to be the worst of the worst, like Al-Qaeda members. Like, mm. these people plotted 9-11. Like, they're, like, absolutely the worst people in the world. So, the prisoners are from almost 50 different countries. Um, Gitmo costs almost $450 million a year to run, huh? which is more than $7 million a prisoner per year. $7 million a prisoner? Yeah, it's a lot of dang money. It has a library. Um, oh, good. What else with the <laughs> millions of dollars? Oh, I'm so, okay. <laughs> the prisoners can garden in their little prison garden. Um, it's said that there's places where they can play soccer, but 
TBD. No one really knows if they do. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> they have painting classes there. And yeah, in terms of the library, one of the most popular books there is Harry Potter. Um, one detainee, though, said in an interview later that Gitmo feels like Azkaban because they're sucking your soul out all the time. Oh. Like all the happiness out of your life. Well, that's sad. And it's also on an island. Hmm. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, they have like 95 square feet of living space in their cells. If they cooperate, they get perks like Happy Meals from the McDonald's. So weird. It's really weird. Okay, so who are these people, though, in the in the prison? A few of them are actually terrorists, like helped plan 9-11, all that jazz, um, closely involved in various terrorist organizations in the Middle East, specifically. But at one time, over its lifetime, Gitmo has had almost 800 detainees, and in... 2015 there were 517 remaining and one report said that over 80 percent of them were not captured by americans in the middle east but they were captured by pakistanis and afghans in exchange for bounty payments so basically the u.s was distributing these flyers and telling people like we'll pay you like thousands of dollars if you give us prisoners or like people affiliated with um these terrorist organizations Mm. so like you know like who are these people really um yeah and one 2006 report found that most detainees were low-level offenders who weren't really affiliated with terrorist organizations and at one point um there were minors under the age of 18 or there were 17 to 22 minors under the age of 18 in Gitmo. Um, Jeez. But the worst part is... It gets worse? Yeah. Okay. Is the torture. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> trigger warning. Um, okay. So, uh, in 2004, there was a report by the International Committee of the Red Cross, which was supposed to stay confidential, but was leaked to the New York Times, um, so they published it. And the International Committee or the ICRC investigated Guantanamo for reports of torture. And um, some things they described were exposure to loud noise or music, prolonged extreme temperatures, beatings. Um, There was a behavioral science consultation team and military doctors who, like, told interrogation teams about the medical information about prisoners, like, weaknesses and phobias um, to, like, be used against them in torture. One I thing, hate that. Yeah. One thing that they would do is put the detainees in stress positions. So, um, basically, they were, like, chained in ways that... Uh, puts a lot of weight on like one or two muscles so one example is you'd be like on the balls of your feet and then squatting and then your arms are um like put underneath your knees and you're basically on your tiptoes and then they chain you like that so you can't move and you're there for like three days yeah it's super painful and can lead to muscle failure um yeah, we, we are just on a torture kick today. I don't know. I know it's, what it's interesting that both of our stories talk about torture. Um, they would beat detainees. Uh, one thing they would do is they would play loud music for like like hours and hours, which at first is just annoying, mm-hmm. but over time you can start hallucinating. It like really messes with your mind. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm I wanted to talk about this is that I listened to a podcast that I'll talk more about later, but um about a certain detainee at Gitmo and one of the experts they interviewed was talking like rhetorically. He was like, Would you rather have a knife to your genitals or would you rather be in a room that's playing the Barney theme song for days on end? 
And the reporter was like, um, I guess I'd choose the Barney theme song. And the other guy's like, no, 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 the knife is better because music like really messes with your head and you'll start hearing voices in the music and you'll start like hallucinating and it gives you like terrible, terrible headaches and it's apparently awful. Oh yeah. no. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I just I I just I've never like really heard of that and I just thought that was like really That's incredibly unsettling. Yeah, this other guy who I saw an interview with, he was a former detainee and he said like, you know, when you're at a club and at some point after a few hours, like, it just becomes too much. You have to leave because it's, like, so loud and everything. Yeah. But it's like that, but you can't leave. They also would force feed the prisoners when they would go on hunger strikes, which also violates the Geneva Conventions. They would uh, subject them to water torture, to waterboarding, which is when... um you're strapped to a board on a gurney and then tipped so your head's near the ground. And then um, there would be a cloth over your mouth and nose and they would pour water on it for up to like 20 seconds and then pause and then do it again so you feel like you're drowning. Um. Okay, and I'm just going to keep going with this because it, it's... It doesn't get better, it doesn't so just get go. Better. Just okay. rip it off. So, um... Mm-mm-mm. other incidents of torture include abuse of religion so most if not all of the detainees were muslim so the guards would flush the quran down the toilet oh my God. or tear pages out of it or like deface it in other ways that's like disgusting that. um they deprive people of sleep so along with the music like if you're about to fall asleep they'd blast it again which is so dangerous. I mean, all of this is dangerous, but yeah, they lock him in cold cells, chain him to the floor for days on end in really uncomfortable positions. And this is like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Or like over the, that is. Yeah. This, um, one of the guy who I was talking about, who was comparing it to being in a loud club. This is, this is kind of an aside. His name's, um, Ruhal Ahmed. He's, British, and he was with two of his friends in Pakistan in 2001 for a friend's wedding, but then they got caught in the war that broke out and were arrested by U.S. authorities, and he was in Gitmo for, like, two years, and they tortured him. Jeez. Yeah. And then they, like, let him go back to England, and they let him go. He's like... Was he compensated for that, or... Compensated? Like, That's like given money. Oh or no. Any, no, no, just like you're free to go. Yeah, or they like transferred him to Great Britain or Great Britain, the UK. <laughs> when, when God when save are we? the Queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they transferred him to the UK and then they let him go because they're like, yeah, you didn't do anything. Anyway. Oh, you figure that out now? Did the paperwork get lost? Jesus, I yeah, I'm so angry. It's fine. Yeah, it's not fine. Go on. I'm sorry. Um, detainees have been. Re- reported they were blended by pepper spray, tortured with broken glass and barbed uh. wire, burning cigarettes, um, sexually assaulted, uh. sensory deprivation, sorry, anal penetration, uh. forced drug injections. Yeah. In 2004, there was an army specialist named Sean Baker who was doing a prison exercise, like a training exercise, and he was posing as a prisoner. But he was beaten so badly that he suffered a brain injury and seizures. So that's just in a training exercise. Um, and Wait, what kind of train? Like, was it like okay, I'm gonna be a, a pr- like what kind of exercise was I'm this? I'm not sure. I don't have more details okay. on that. I'd have to do some more research, which I can totally do. There was one prisoner, Mohammed Al Katani, aka. He was nicknamed the 20th hijacker of 9-11, um, who he was brought to Gitmo. Um, apparently, he was given three and a half bags of IV fluids and then forbidden to use the bathroom. Um, he would have 12-hour interrogations. Um, dogs used to intimidate him. 
They'd play the national anthem and force him to salute. They taped pictures of 9-11 victims to his body. Oh, my God. He was forced to bark like a dog, shave his hair and beard, which is um, insulting to Muslim men. And he was, like, he was forced to wear a bra. Uh, and then, oh, this one's really bad. He female guards would smear fake menstrual blood on him like he didn't know that it was fake though but that's it's disgusting. like that is so yeah vile. It's, I... it's yeah and there were at gitmo um six suicides and over 20 suicide attempts but there are lots of questions about those like were they really suicides or are they cover-ups probably for maybe a mix of both but yeah side eye on that yeah i know it's like you know like sure like he was probably this guy like involved with terrorists but like that i don't think there's any justification for torture like that like i I, it's just yeah so obama ran one of his campaign promises was closing gitmo and but he got a lot of pushback from republicans oh, of course <laughs> of course but Shocker. also also the general public like people didn't want him to close it yeah there's lots of international pressure to close it the un has said multiple times that Gitmo should be closed like all these international humanitarian organizations etc um in 2009 obama tried to shut it down but received a lot of pushback and then Congress passed a law that blocked funds that would be used to transfer prisoners from out of Gitmo. Basically, one thing Obama wanted to do was bring the detainees to the U.S. So they would be treated more hum- like I don't know. Okay. I don't know why, but just to like get them out of there mm-hmm. and so they could close the facility, um, including he, he planned to send some to a prison in Illinois. Joliet? No, (laughs) that would tie it all together. No, it was in Thompson, which is like Western Illinois, um, which I briefly Googled. It's the melon capital of the world. Melon? They grow a lot of watermelons I would never guess. I don't know why, but I don't think of Illinois when I think of melons. Me neither. I don't know. I thought they grew in like tropical warm areas. Am I ignorant? No, I also did not know that. Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. Yeah. (laughs) Melons. Melons. In 2015, Obama once again tried to close Gitmo and move prisoners to the U.S., but it just, it didn't happen. Um, and then Trump came in. No, and um, everything, no, it gets worse. And when he was campaigning, he said, quote, we're keeping Gitmo open and we're going to load it up with a lot of bad dudes, end quote. So So that tells you all you need to know about his position on that. In January 2018, Trump signed an executive order to keep the detention camp open indefinitely. As of December 2020, 731 detainees have been released to go home or transferred to other countries to be detained there and 40 remain 40 Mm -hmm. yeah some some former detainees have gone back to fighting for terrorist organizations or are somehow affiliated with them um but it's not like like it's not all of them i mean it's just just a fact just a fact but they're they're the among the 40 who remain um, they call them the irreducible minimum or indefinite detainees. Basically, no other country wants to take them. They can't be prosecuted because there's not enough evidence or there's tainted evidence or, like, the evidence was obtained during torture, which isn't really credible evidence. Right. Um, and Obama wanted to bring these people to the U.S., as well, but then Congress passed more laws prohibiting prison transfers from Gitmo. So it's like they're too dangerous to transfer, but they're not dangerous enough to prosecute because there's not enough evidence. So it, like, doesn't really make sense. Nothing makes sense. Yeah, so the reason I 
was thinking about Guantanamo was because I listened to this podcast that came out last year called The Other Latif. It's on Radiolab. It's really good. It's this reporter, Latif Nasser, who finds another guy with his name um, named Abdul Latif Nasser, who's a detainee at Gitmo, and it goes through his life, and it's very interesting. And Abdul Latif Nasser was actually cleared to be released in, I want to say, 2016, but he never was because of some bureaucratic red tape and some political... um, like scheming and so he's still there and he's been there for like 18 years or something Jeez. yeah so i highly recommend listening to that and yeah you can link it in the description guantanamo bay is open and it's still there so we'll see what the Biden administration does about it if anything thanks i hate it you're welcome that's horrible that makes me so sick to my stomach i One thing I thought was interesting, I'm kind of going on another tangent, sorry, but in the podcast, they toured um, Gitmo. This was before Trump because they stopped doing media tours. Convenient. I know. But the whole time, like, the officers giving the tour were, like, pointing everything out and they're like, and this is in compliance with the Geneva Conventions. And this is in compliance with the Geneva Conventions. It's like, like, why are you, like, reassuring us of all this when we know that most of this does not like when people have been tortured so horribly that like very much does violate the Geneva Conventions. So anyway, well, yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I learned something today. I learned a lot today. I mean, it reiterated the fact that I'm angry at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, I mean, thank you though. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um. Don't know why we both brought up torture and yeah, we did we, um, but in two very different contexts. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Well, thank you, um, and thank all of you for tuning in this week. Please join us next week when we will cover another round of true crime episodes. I would like, and Elizabeth would like to give. <laughs> We would like to give credit to the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toom. And cover art is by Erica Chase. Would you like to tell them where to find us? Yes. You can find us on all of the social sites, um, the Twitter. You know who can't, though? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> find us on Twitter, but not him. lightning in the background okay i'm sorry Uh, also we're on instagram (laughs) the gram the gram the gram and uh facebook and you can email us at the insomnia report at gmail.com with your own listener reports what didn't you learn in school and would like to know more about do you have a favorite murder do you have a Wait, that's too much. Do you have a favorite true crime story? Do you have a spooky ghost in your home? Or just something really crazy you want to tell us about? A a wild card, if you will. Please email us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks so much for listening. Stay sleepy and spooky. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Even if you've gotten the vaccine, you still need to follow protocols okay all right love you mean it (laughs) bye